Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Our adventure today bouncing us in a different direction with someone who a lot of people in this industry know from coast to coast from his time with the Harlem Globetrotters, Julian McClurkin. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, what's going on, Dave? What's up, Paul? What's up? Great to have you here. And I want to say that you are, you've already immediately set a first uh, out of all our guests. You are the first person to do our podcast while sitting on an exercise ball. <laughs> Gotta stay fit. <laughs> Gotta stay ready, man. So do you do this often? Like when you were sitting at your desk, do you actually, is this, is this a thing for you? Absolutely. So I've got one of those um, conversion desks that will stand up as well. Um, yeah. and so I usually take most of my Zoom calls standing up, but this one I said, let's let's go ahead and sit it down. Since you guys said we're not actually going to be on camera on this one, so they don't have to see sure. my face and bouncing up and down. <laughs> for all our listeners, uh, you know, if you can just see how he's bouncing up and down, making me feel bad about my fitness level already. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we obviously we talked about you being uh, a part of the, the Harlem Globetrotters. Zeus is your uh, your basketball name there. And I want to say a good percentage of people listening to this call right now have been involved with you as part of kind of when your job as an advance ambassador with the Globetrotters. Talk to me a little bit about how you became somebody the Globetrotters said, hey, this is a guy we can send from market to market before the games to go and talk about the Globetrotters. Yeah, uh, so I've been on the team for, oh gosh, I just got handed my 11th contract. So 11 years now. And when I first started, I was primarily a dunker. I was on the team just because of my athleticism. I didn't have a big name in college or in high school. Uh, you guys heard my story before when you take me around going to, uh, you know, news and radio and all these other interviews we do and uh, uh, school events as well. My initial reason for joining the Globetrotters is because I wanted to play basketball at a high level and get a chance to show off my athleticism. When I was younger, I had never really heard about the Globetrotters before. It wasn't until later on in life when I found out about them, when a guy called me and um, introduced me to the Washington Generals, who's the team that plays against them. So I played one year with the Generals and I fell in love with the Globetrotters because I saw that they all got rewarded to do the things that I did on a regular basis anyway, which was, you know, have fun while playing basketball. Right. I can remember back in, in high school, I, I would get subbed out for dribbling the ball between my legs. My coach told me one time, he said, get out of here with all that fancy stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, so now I get, I get paid to do that. I had one coach tell me in college, he said, all you ever do is smile and dunk, smile and dunk. And today that is my profession. I get to smile and I get to dunk. But the older you get, the rim gets a little bit higher and higher for you. I learned about longevity with the Globetrotters, all the great Globetrotters of all time, your Marcus Haynes, uh, Curly Neal, Meadowlark Lemon. One thing that they were able to do to prolong their Globetrotter career is they became excellent, excellent PR and uh, speaking players. So, you know, as they weren't high flyers anymore, they weren't the fastest dribblers anymore. They were legendary when it came to the history and knowledge of the Globetrotters. So I immersed myself in the history. 
I learned as much as I could about the team. This is, goes in about two years into, into my tenure with the Globetrotters. And they start using me more and more to do um, uh, television and radio. One way that I did it, though, um, and you guys are familiar with this from when you're actually at the game. Before the game starts, we have these things, these meet and greets, right? And um, yeah, you, you go to the locker room, you pull a couple of the globe trotters out. And of course, none of the globe trotters want to go out there because they're all in right. there stretching, <laughs> getting into yeah, their yeah, zone yeah. and everything, getting ready for the game. Well, I was always the first one. I said, let's do it. You know, let's go. And I, I got comfortable at an early stage of my career speaking in front of people and getting that experience in. And like it really helped me kind because of, I'm at times I'm an introvert. Sometimes I'm an extrovert. When I put on that globe charter uniform, I feel like I've become this superhero who can be an extrovert and I'm, I'm better at talking to people. So that's that's kind of how it got started. Um, the coaches noticed from early on, they're like, People like when I do a meet and greet, they're talking about the Zeus guy that they met at the meet and greet. They're talking about uh, me when they see me on the court. So like they said, this guy is great for camera and he's not nervous. So let's use him more and more. And that's how I ended up uh, doing as much PR as I as I have. You know, it's that thing where it, it sounds good and it sounds fun. But I'm going to tell you, I know it's not always easy to smile at 6 a.m. when somebody nice. random that you've never met from a venue pulls up in a car that has no leg room for a globetrotter <laughs> and, and you got to climb in and go from radio station to TV station to TV station to newspaper interview and make hours worth of small talk in between. What's that like? Because, you know, you've got to be on not only for the uh, interviews you do, but you probably feel you kind of got to be on for the people that, you know, are driving you around for the day. Yeah, some people it's uh, it's really fun to be around. Uh, other some people, probably not. Other people, their cars smell like smoke, and I'm asthmatic, and I'm like, oh gosh, this day can't be over quick enough. Right. <laughs> I, I liken it to this movie. You guys ever heard of Groundhog Day? Yeah. Yeah. Every morning, it's like a different day, right? And I uh, I get the same four questions or five questions from my driver every single morning, you know. And no fault to them, they're just trying to get to know me, and I'm I'm totally cool sure. with it. And I feel like if you're not cool with it, then you didn't sign up for the right job, right? So like, I am also a morning person, so that helps as well. And a lot of times it's so funny just to see my driver like slowly as the day goes on, just decline and get get more and more tired. <laughs> and they're like, you don't want any coffee? Like, you don't want a break? Like, you don't need to do that. They don't realize like, I do this every single day. This is what I do. And it's like, it's normal for me, but it's, it's always so funny to see them especially especially when they made the schedule because <laughs> right. like, sometimes we'll go come to some of these places and the marketing director will be the driver so we'll get to some of these places and they'll start getting more and more tired and they're like man i can't do it i'm like you made the schedule buddy you <laughs> brought this on yourself you. yeah You're on you <laughs> You're yeah. Not about this life but yeah it's 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 fun man it's a good balance me being the type of person i am paul dave you guys have spent that day with me it's just who I am, man. It, I was kind of built yeah, for this. Yeah. You know, it's not for everybody, but I enjoy it. I mean, I think you stand out so much from all the other people, too. And this is not me trying to toot your horn because you're on here with us. But I mean, we, I, I think, funnily enough, like I had started doing that Globetrotter driving around thing before I even worked at the arena. Like I was in high school and they would just pay me to, like, here's the list, do it. So I've, I want to say I've done that 
maybe 15 or 16 times now. Wow. And some of those are with you. I've probably done it three or four times with you, but yeah, you know, I've did. seen a lot of different globetrotters over the years and some of them are really good at that. And other ones that come in, it's no fault of them. And I don't blame them. I would probably be the same way, but it's like, they come in, they sit in my car, they pass out, they're sleeping. I have to kind of like nudge them. We're here at the station, turn it on, you know? And then they're like, oh yeah. And then they get back in the car and I, you know, yeah. I don't blame them at all. But I do think that is something that's just about your personality, about you that makes you stand out that, you know, is kind of, we chatted a little before we recorded. So many of the people that I've talked to at other buildings you stand out to them. They're like, Oh my gosh, Zeus. Oh my gosh, Julian. Oh my God. Like, like everyone remembers you just because you do kind of have that personality that engages, you know, and we don't always, uh, you know, have that type of interaction when we're doing these little PR days or media days. Yeah. Yeah. I blame my mom, man. She, she can just walk into a room and instantly not know anybody and just have a, a full on conversation and be relatable with everybody that she meets. And she always taught me that. She told me when I was a kid, you know, because I was six foot eight. Uh, I am six eight now, but I was a tall kid, so I was like six six uh, in high school. I was a bagger at Kroger, um, local grocery store here in Columbus, Ohio. And everybody that would come through my line, they would all say, "Hey, do you play basketball? Hey, do you play basketball?" And I say, "No, I'm a bagger at Kroger. Like, you see what I'm, I'm doing? <laughs> I don't play basketball." And my mom said, "Because." of who I am and how tall I am and, you know, my personality, people are always going to speak to me. I need to always have an answer. I need to always be able to make that person comfortable with speaking to me because there's going to be plenty of people who um, are not that way. And you guys have met teammates who are not that way. I, I uh, my first year doing advanced ambassador work, I heard a story about a teammate a long time ago who, as soon as they got in the car, like you said, Paul, they would get in, put their hoodie down, pulls the hoodie up and says, don't worry about talking to me until we get to the next place. And he puts, just cause not cause he's a mean person, but because yeah. he, does, he doesn't want to have to like do an interview here. And then you're, you're interviewing in the car and then you're interviewing when you get to the venue. Yeah, it, yeah. No, no fault of their own. They're great people. But I wanted to differentiate myself from that person as well, you know, and they picked the right one with this. Cause as soon as I, I open that door, like I'm the same person I am, I always am with you guys, with the interviews and in my own hotel room. It's the same person. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And it's it's such a rite of passage where, you know, anybody who's new to this industry, they, you know, you're not really an arena marketer until you've spent a day driving a, a Globetrotter around. And, and boy, for some of the folks that have been in this business quite a while, there are some pretty funny stories about those, the curlies of the world uh, <laughs> back in the day. And, yeah. And so, uh, it's great to have you uh, leaving your mark on it. You know, when you go to these, uh, you know, TV and radio stations, you know, it's easy to, you know, to turn it on. But one of my favorite things, and I, I know that you are a big fan of this too, is the school visits. Because the Globetrotters have made this a priority for somebody who's never been to a school visit with a Globetrotter. Would you tell me a little bit about what you guys do and then what that means to you personally? Yeah, so we have a couple of different school programs that we do every year. One of the ones that was my favorite, we don't do this one anymore, we kind of do a different iteration of it now, was the ABCs of Bullying Prevention, uh, Action, Bravery, and Compassion. And we just go in there and just share with the students our stories. Um, I get a chance to share with them my bullying story, and they see this guy, six foot eight, 225 pounds, well, 
put on that COVID-19 uh, pound. So now I'm about 235. <laughs> yeah. They see this guy and they're like, there's no way he was ever bullied. Right. And then they get a chance to hear me tell my story. And we don't only do that. You know, we're interactive with it. We have fun. And now they got these people that they look up to and they're like, well, if he was able to make it through bullying, then maybe I can too. And uh, my bullying story is a little weirder from everybody else. It's kind of funny because I was bullied by a girl who just didn't know how to tell me that she liked me at the time. But now telling the, the kids that they get a good laugh and they're kind of just like, yeah. all right, they can take it now. You know what I mean? And it is such a nostalgic time too. I mean, never, like I said, I've done it 15 times every year when you're in that school and you see all these kids line up in an uneven row, they're all sitting, you know, crisscross legs. It's like you immediately are transported back to being in that situation, you know, in second grade with all your classmates distracted, having the teacher at the end, you know, yell at you, you know, quit and pay attention to the person up there. But it's so funny. And then you have like all these kids yelling out and I don't know, like people are rooting on their friends and classmates when they get up and are doing all the dribbling exercises. It's just, I don't know, it just is such this like boost of adrenaline just to be there and watch it. Yeah, you guys are, um, you're always so amazed at the way that we do these school visits and you're like, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you do that. But it really is repetition, man. If y'all would have saw my first, in fact, Paul, you were probably involved in one of my first school visits. If you would see the way I do them today, it's completely different from way back then, but we got it lined up, man. Every mistake, at least the way that I do mine, I, I kind of learned from the previous mistakes, but um, the school visits are great that we do and I enjoy them. Paul, you mentioned it, but the atmosphere is absolutely electric. And you're right about it's taking you back to that moment when you were all pulled out of class and everybody's sitting there in the uh, the gym or the multi-purpose room together. And there's that energy and excitement and and the way you guys control a room, right? Those tricks that you use that the teachers are, you see their jaws drop when you silence a room to uh, to share these these messages. And do that half clap, that half clap moment. It kills kills the room the whole time, right? Yeah, like, oh my gosh, we almost won, whatever it was, you know. So, oh man, such a moment. But you know, beyond the actual, you know, the excitement of it, I feel like you know it's a chance to connect with some kids who may not even have the opportunity to see the Globe Trotters at a game. And you're making that difference in the community. I know one of the key initiatives. Uh, I was on a call recently with uh, the Globe Trotters management team, and they said, you know, really, you know, our goal is to impact you know, uh, African-American youth specifically and making that a, a goal of a group to reach. And, and so I, I know that's got to be an, an important need for you too. Yeah, that's a, that was a big um, push for me this year to, to continue, man, because when I was younger, I had never heard about the Globetrotters before. And now we have this new initiative to target people that look like me. And I get a, an opportunity to be a part of that now. I think that's going to be great this year. And I'm really excited to see the way that we navigate that this year. Um, there's been talks about even us like staying a little bit after our game is over, like and immersing ourselves post game. Instead of being an advanced ambassador, I'm there at the uh, after the game as well. So um, I think that's pretty cool. It's such a, a great chance to make an impact on people. And, and you talk about, you know, the, the magic 
that when you put on that that globetrotter uniform and you become a, a superhero. It's funny because on the days that we've been out on Advanced Ambassador Tours, I've been with you where we've walked into a restaurant and they literally, the you know, we're taking a little break in the day and we're going for a lunch and, you know, the management jaw drops like, we have a Globetrotter here. Can you sign our, our you, can you sign our wall? And they're just so excited. And then I'm sure you go back in the same place the next week and they don't even notice, you know, ah, just, well, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling, especially when you got tickets to offer them to. They're like, oh, we can get tickets to the game. Here, lunch is on us. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Hey, Paul, I'm so excited that live events are back. Me too, Dave. But oh, man, I forgot how much work it takes to manage all of my sponsors. You know, you can just list your partnerships on Event Hub. What's Event Hub? It's a sponsor platform that connects tens of thousands of brands, agencies, and local businesses with activation opportunities nationwide, commission-free. Really? Yeah. Not only do they generate sales, but their tools save a ton of time managing relationships so your team can focus on closing deals. So you're saving me time and growing revenue? Exactly. You should schedule a demo at eventhub.net. You know what? I think I will. Hey, so, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Globetrotters, but anyway, that's, that's just a little bit of your life. In fact, you actually have a, uh, a master's degree uh, mm-hmm. in, in marketing. So first, take me back to, do you remember when you first started playing basketball and realized that, the, you know, this was the thing for you? Was it, you know, were, were you back in grade school where you first started playing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I played basketball uh, basically my whole life. My older brother has always been a huge inspiration for me, and he was one of the best basketball players I knew. And I knew from from his, the moment I he took me to the gym the first time that I wanted to be a basketball player. I got my first dunk and my brother was was there at the park with me. It was on a nine foot goal and it was on this guy. Very first time I ever even dunked or even tried to dunk. And I was like, I got to do this. It was like like having a slice of pizza for the first time. Like, you know, you're going to eat another slice of pizza at some point. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, so and yeah, so basketball early on, man, looking up to my brother, uh, wanting to be just like him and be a a great basketball player. That's what I wanted to do. So obviously basketball uh, uh, big for you, but you also, you know, weren't just relying on that. You spent some time studying business and management, yep. too, but, but at Tiffin University and then at, in North Carolina as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to Tiffin University, got my, um, and then I transferred after two years. I got my undergraduate degree from North Carolina a and in uh, business management. And um, after that, it was time to, to start pursuing my basketball career, but I knew I wanted to also pursue a master's at the same time. And I knew that uh, basketball careers were not guaranteed after you played in a division one program. So my backup plan was to also have this degree. And so while I was playing overseas uh, in Paraguay, South America, for a team in Asuncion, I also got my, my master's in um, marketing and communications. Uh, at that time. And that's from Franklin University. And I knew I wanted marketing and communications because those are the two classes that I did the best in in undergrad. (laughs) So like I literally did a search on the internet. I said master's in marketing and communications and Franklin University offered that program. So I used that. And because those are the classes I was good at, I'm I'm also able to kind of parlay those with the Globetrotters as well, because, you know, everywhere we go, it's you're using marketing, you're using your communication skills 
Didn't you end up in the Franklin University TV spot too? Yeah, yeah. One of their uh, most popular commercials they've ever done. <laughs> uh, actually, I was uh, the, the principal in that. Mm-hmm. And did you uh, did they take a, take a couple months off the student loans for that? <laughs> I wish, man. I throw it in, I, every now and then. I remind them, and I'll just repost it. Like, <laughs> hey guys, help me out here. <laughs> so with that master's in marketing, you know, it kind of sets you up for lifelong, you know, success and you know beyond, you know, uh, your uh, globetrotter years. Uh, but talk to me about, you know, uh, is that is that something that you see a lot with the other members on the team or do you kind of feel like that's kind of separates you from the bunch a little bit? Everybody has their own unique things that they do outside of basketball. Um, some of the people keep it within the realm of basketball. But if you remember any of my interviews, when people ask me about like NBA or other other teams, I'm not a basketball historian at all. I'm a Harlem Globetrotter historian for sure. But if somebody asked me who I think is better, you know, Kobe or LeBron, I didn't have much to give to the conversation. You know, I was always of the mindset that these guys don't sit around in the locker room talking about us all day. So I'm not going to spend my time, you know, talking about other people in basketball all day or um, or devoting my whole life to trying to figure out how basketball is going to keep paying the bills for me in, in my future. You know what I mean? I see a lot of um, ex-players, not just Globetrotters, but players as soon as their career is over, they continue to like start camps um, or go and do speaking engagements um, or coach in some form. And I, uh, that's not my aspiration. That's just not what I I wanted to do. Um, I saw other avenues that were easier and I could still keep basketball in my life by going and hooping, you know, anywhere or a rec center. Everybody would love to see a a play basketball with a former Harlem Globetrotter or a current Harlem Globetrotter. So I I always have a place to play basketball. I'll play basketball for the rest of my life. But as far as um, it being my primary source of income, that's not, that's not my, uh, my goals in life (laughs) anymore. So that's when I started, um, looking into alternative ways to make money uh, and real estate became a really big interest of mine because my teammate highlight um, Bruton, one of the highest jumping members of the Harlem Globetrotters of all time, told me about some really creative ways to finance uh, buying a house. And um, so I dove into that man and real estate has been really good for me since then. Well, you know, you mentioned that. And so I know this, this the past year, you know, it's been tough on all of us. Right. I know that uh, uh, lots of, you know, furloughs and redeployments and as, you know, things are, you know, starting to, to fire back up. What has the last year been like for Julian McClurkin? Yeah, so we got furloughed in March. I was in D.C. doing um, a shoot with Grandma Virginia, who I believe is 110 years old this year. Uh, every wow. year we tell her we'll see you again next year, Grandma Virginia. She's the lady who famously danced with the Obamas. And we got the call that we were going to be sent home uh, for the foreseeable future, you know, and, and that was when I said, all right, I got to figure something out here. I had already been taking my real estate classes, but I thought I had some more time to actually take the test. And so I, I just went out on a limb and I took the test the next week that I got yeah, home. That test is uh, hard. I passed the test on my first try. First try? Hard is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, first try. Yeah. Pass it on my first try. And this is from a guy who was a terrible test taker. I wasn't a straight A student. Like, I, I'm just not that good with tests. You had to work for that then, because that's not like a test that, because I have I have a buddy who just got out of radio and did the same, mm-hmm. you know, got into real estate. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me about that test. And it is not easy. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of math. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of uh, gotcha questions too. Like you got four answers and two of them are really, really close. In fact, one of them is probably right. And the other one is just a little bit more right. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, all right. But he didn't pass on his first try. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I mean, that's really amazing and commendable too. Like you said, you took it a week, the week after you got sent home. I mean, I speaking from someone who was also furloughed and then eventually laid off, I think I spent probably the first month just being like, what is life? What is going on? <laughs> you know, like, I guess I'm going to redo my backyard. How many Netflix shows can I catch up on? You know, like, you know, so for you to be like, all right, let's go. You know, if I'm going to be home, I've already got my mind set on this real estate thing. Let's just like turn that up to 11, you know, mm -hmm. and, and move it faster than ever. I think that really speaks to your drive, which is really amazing. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's the professional athlete mindset, right? Like um, in real estate, there's over 30,000 agents in central Ohio and each agent averages about two transactions every year. Um, last year, I was able to do 14 transactions. No. It's not not necessarily because, you know, I'm the best or whatever. I just looked at it like basketball. All right, we got competition. Uh, how do you separate yourself from the competition? You practice and you study. And I, I really immerse myself in real estate. Like I, I feel like I could be, I'm low-key a guru right now with the stuff that I know. And I know just, I don't know everything. I just know a little bit more than everybody else. Well, in that marketing communications mm -hmm. degree, I'm sure helps a lot with that. You know, you probably going against these real estate agents who are like, oh yeah, maybe I should have a, I don't know, a presence on social media or maybe I should, and they don't really know because they didn't really come to it from that angle. You already have that like ingrained in you because you obviously have the degree, but you also have that personality, yeah. you know, from being a globetrotter into all these other avenues that's sort of like you were already there. So I'm sure it was, it made it all the easier. Mm -hmm. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I know that, in a, you know, in addition to uh, you know, the stuff you do for work, I know that like your religion is very important to you as well. Right. And, yes. and I think even have the nickname, the Rev, if I'm correct about this, you even work before you were an advanced ambassador for the Globetrotters and came to our venue in Columbus, the Schottenstein Center, you came with your church group and worked as a volunteer in our concession stands. Is that correct? Oh yeah, we did that like two years in a row. That was that was awesome. Yeah, I'm um, so I my official um, title, I guess, is the local youth director at our church here in Columbus, Ohio. We actually have uh, four different locations here in Columbus, all very small churches, less than 50 members each. And um, I was kind of the director of all of the youth, and um, that also helps me with my uh, well. Actually, that is what got me comfortable speaking in front of people, being a, a preacher, uh, talking in front of people about the Bible, <laughs> like one of the most serious things of all time. Right. And if I can do that, then I'm sure I can I can tell people a little bit about basketball, too. So it, that also got me comfortable in this venue as well. So and then you picked up the nickname, the Rev. Uh, uh, yeah. All of my, my teammates, man. It's funny, too. Yeah every single one of them come to me at some point in our careers and in their walk. And we just sit down and we just talk about Christ and talk about life and, and where they're going, where they're headed. You'd be surprised how many people are just looking for somebody to listen to them, man. I'm not, I'm not a preacher in the sense that I, I'm always pushing the Bible on people, but at some point my teammates always come to me because I, they know I'm going to listen to them as well. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. Hey, Paul, did you hear? This year, EAMC is going virtual. Oh, the Event and Arena Marketing Conference? Yep, that's the one. But it's so much more than the name implies. We're talking about marketing, publicity, promotions, group sales, live touring shows, ticketing, and more. And it's way more than just arenas, right? This is universal for all venues hosting live events, like stadiums, theaters, amphitheaters, and clubs. Uh, what about acoustic shows in my garage, Paul? 
Um, sure, Dave. Why not? <laughs> Plus, I even heard there's a special Adventures in Venueland live podcast recording as part of it. That's right. We'll be doing something a little different and inviting people to sit in and ask questions as we interview WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Wait, you mean two-time WWE champion, NXT champion, WWE Intercontinental champion, and two-time WWE Raw Tag Team champion Drew McIntyre, the Scottish warrior? First off, Dave, uh, yes, that Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Secondly, wow. Uh, the best part of it all, Paul, this year, it's all completely free, thanks to our friends at Event Hub. So you're telling me it's free and won't cost me a dime? Yep. And it's virtual, so you can tune in from anywhere, really. Yep, so no excuses. Join us June 8th through 10th. Register at eventarenamarketing.com today. Hey, Paul, I'm so excited that live events are back. Me too, Dave. But, oh man, I forgot how much work it takes to manage all of my sponsors. You know, you can just list your partnerships on Event Hub. What's Event Hub? It's a sponsor platform that connects tens of thousands of brands, agencies, and local businesses with activation opportunities nationwide, commission-free. Really? Yeah. Not only do they generate sales, but their tools save a ton of time managing relationships so your team can focus on closing deals. So you're saving me time and growing revenue? Exactly. You should schedule a demo at eventhub.net. You know what? I think I will. We touched on uh, a lot of different topics here, but there's a, a little big one we haven't touched on yet, which is uh, some big family news, right? Yes. Yes, sir. So in the last eight months, I've been upgraded to father. I have my uh, first child who, um, his name is August, August McClurkin. He uh, actually, I just heard him. He just woke up from a nap. Y'all probably heard that if you rewind the, the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I changed my life, man. And um, the furlough was a, uh, a gift in disguise because I got an opportunity to do what not a lot of my teammates have done in the past. And that's see the first eight months of my child's life, see the developments and, and really grow closer to him and, and get to bond with him in ways that I wouldn't have um, if I would have been on the road this long. So that's been a huge blessing as well as seeing my wife. My wife and I just said it, you know, we, we're going on five years being married. So uh, every year that we've been married, I've been a Harlem Globetrotter. I've been on the road six to eight months out the year. And uh, we just, <laughs> we were just celebrating and thinking about it. Like this is the first time I've been home for a whole year and one month. And it, that's been, it's been awesome. I mean, it, it, it sucks sometimes too, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> How'd she feel about it? How'd she feel about having you around that much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she, she loves it. Um, but, you know, I always remember there'd be times I would come home and like, it's, it's totally not fair to me. I'll get home and she's like, do you notice it? Do you notice it? And like, she'll change the blinds or something. I'm like, I didn't, I'm supposed to know you change the blinds. <laughs> right, right, but yeah, right. now I can see each of those changes. <laughs> so uh, eight months. Uh, that's awesome. So tell me how you met your wife. 
Yeah, we uh, actually met at her church. I didn't meet her. Uh, you could actually see a, a funny story too. Uh, my wife and I have a YouTube channel and one of our uh, most popular videos is how we met. <laughs> so uh, listeners, check that out. It's at, on uh, YouTube at Julia McClurkin. But the- the Good plug, good plug. Yeah, yeah. Long and short of it is we, um, she saw me. I didn't notice her that day. Um, she went home to her mom and was like, hey, I saw this guy at church today and I'm pretty sure he's going to be my husband. And she never talks like this. So she talked to her mom. Her mom was able to find my sister-in-law who, um, long story short, I, I got a chance to talk to her. I, I hit her up and um, I take her on our first date and we're talking and I, I hit her with my best line. Well, the date's not going so well because I'm like grilling her on, on the gospel and uh, asking her about Matthew, Mark, Luke, <laughs> and John, you know, not, not first date stuff that people really want to hear. And then I, I think I'm blowing it. And then at the last minute, I'm like, all right, I'll use my best card. You know, I'm about to play for the Globetrotters, right? And she's like, who are they? <laughs> oh, and crash down to reality. So I was like, oh, no, I got nothing. I emptied a full clip. That's all I got. And we didn't get anything from it, but she grew to love me after we left for my first tour. We talked on the phone every single day. Uh, she came out and visited me one time in Omaha and it, it was just beautiful, man. We, we held hands for the first time that day and we were like, yeah, this is going to work out. And it was cool. <laughs> I think there's almost something better, you know, from what I hear from other, you know, I don't know, people that are either touring and, you know, on the talent side or people that even work at venues you almost want someone who's kind of like, who are they or what, yeah. you know, what you like, if you have someone that's like, oh my gosh, the Globetrotters, then you have yeah. this like, oh, is this relationship genuine? Or are they trying to get tickets to every game? You know, so, right. so it's like, you have that, like that little whisper voice in the back of your head. So it's like the person that's really going to bring you down to earth and say like, I don't care that you work at the arena or yeah. like, so what, you know, like I've never been to a concert. That's almost <laughs> more attractive and appealing. Cause it's like, yeah. it's going to be the someone that you know is like real. You know? That's so true, man. That's so true. So if they were like, where's Rep Arena? Like that, yeah, you're so right. That like mean that meant a lot to me when I heard her say that. I was like, yeah, at least she's not a groupie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh you guys had the amazing chance to be at home and be a new dad, and you know, and obviously probably connect with your wife on a deeper level. What's it gonna be like when you gotta hit the road again? Yeah, um, so the last season, we had a really good rhythm going, my wife and I. She would come out and visit me every two months uh, or twice every month. And okay, the better. cool part about being an advanced ambassador with the team is I get a chance to experience the cities in ways that other teammates don't. So, you know, they're getting to the cities and they got to play that game and get on the bus at 10 o'clock at night, get there 7 a.m. in the morning, sleep because you're so tired from traveling and, and playing. And then you got to play that night. Same thing every single night. But as an ambassador, sometimes I get a chance to spend two, three days in a city um, doing this work. And um, it, it's, it's a lot better for me. I get my own rental car. I get my own hotel room. So my wife will come out. A lot of times it'll be random cities. Like you said, like I, I said earlier, our first city we ever visited each other in was Omaha, Nebraska. Not exactly like a destination place, <laughs> but it was, it will always remember it. Like I'll never right, forget right, Omaha. Right. It, it was it was wonderful and that's what she does she'll come out twice a month we got a good rhythm of that going on now and while august still flies for free um we'll figure it out you know we'll, we'll see how it goes this year it's got to be nice to not have to uh 
recover after each game and worry, like you said, I mean, it's even if they have time, they're probably, it's the same with probably NBA players and anyone who's touring and playing basketball. If you're playing back-to-back days or Mm back-to-back games, and then you're like having to ice your knees Mm -hmm. and, you know, do all this stuff to like take care of your body. And then you're like exhausted too. So, I mean, that I'm sure that is a huge perk that you get to absorb and sort of take in more of, you know, all the places you travel to. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The first time that you get to uh, get up early and do those advanced ambassador tours or or step on a court and play some ball, you know, as a globetrotter again, it'll probably be glorious. But there'll also be the day, there'll also be that first day that you're like, oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> this is this is a job, right? Just like <laughs> anything else, man. It's a job. Yep. Yeah. It all, it all has its trade-offs, man. I remember um, my first year, um, the big thing that the, the guy, I played for the Washington Generals my first year, the big thing that the guy um, told me about was like, yeah, you'll get a chance to see the world, man. And they didn't mention that you're going to see the world from a bus, like yeah. the window of a bus. I remember the first time going to Los Angeles and I said, I cannot wait to see the Hollywood sign. Like, this is going to be so cool. Man, right. I was so exhausted because we had just played a doubleheader at the Staples Center that night. I was on the I, and I told everybody, I said, y'all, we're getting ready to see the, the, the Hollywood sign. I fell asleep before we got there. Somebody nudged me. and was like, hey, Jillian, there's, there's a sign. I go. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and I just roll back to sleep. <laughs> Wake me up when we get to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. It's like a dream job. You see the world, but it's, uh, you know, through a fishbowl. What does the schedule look like for you? I mean, you know, it, maybe not necessarily because I know that we're st- they're still putting things together for this coming year. But in, in an average year, how much time you spend on the road? How much of it is domestic? How much of it is international? Oh, she's, um, I would say at least six, on average, six months out of the year. And I'll say about two months will be international. It's got to be uh, uh, quite the adventure. Hey, uh, before we uh, wrap things up here today, I want to hit you with our fast five. So it's five quick questions. Just looking for your immediate response here on these. So here we go. First up, your first concert. Oh, uh, Fred Hammond here in Columbus, Ohio at the uh, fairgrounds. You get to play a game of horse with any basketball player. Who would you play with? I would play a game of horse with Steph Curry. How about the city with the craziest Globetrotter fans? Uh, oh, without good in any stories. Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> How about a city uh, you'd really like to play in as a Globetrotter? I would really like to play anywhere in Australia. Last question for you. There's the Julian McClurkin TV show. What is the theme song to that TV show? So cameras are following you around all throughout your your entire life, right? This is not ambitious. This is just the entire life of Julian. What is the one song that would play over the opening credits to the Julian McClurkin show? Um, it would have to be. This is an existing song, right? That yeah. that are okay. You could write oh. your own. You could want to sing something for us. <laughs> Look at him right there. He's working. What's his name? Julian McClurkin. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's the best answer to that question totally ever. Spot, that sounds like it. one of those uh, TGIF jingles, you know, where, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it comes in and you're like wearing a sweater vest and you got your whole family with you. you know? <laughs> Look out. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, uh, you mentioned the YouTube channel. Uh, where else can people find you on the uh, the socials? Yes, sir. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Julian McClurkin. You can follow me on Instagram at MinJulian5. That's M-I-N Julian5. And on YouTube at Julian McClurkin. I will follow you back as long as you're not weird. <laughs> 
Oh, you've been warned. I've obviously heard so many of your stories as so many of us in the industry have over the years, but but great to be, have the chance to do a deep dive. I know you're a busy guy and I appreciate you uh, spending the time with us today. So really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys. Let's do it again sometime. And uh, big thanks to everybody for listening to Adventures in Venueland. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We love your five-star reviews so you can help others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. Adventures in Venueland is a side project of the Event and Arena Marketing Conference a nonprofit organization bringing together people in the field of live entertainment to discuss marketing, publicity, and sales trends. Find out more at eventarenamarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing Strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.